Welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast, your trail map for the world of mountain biking. And now, I'll introducing your host, Gareth Beckett. Welcome, mountain bikers. Thanks for being here, and welcome to episode number 48 of the MTB Tribe Podcast. I'm here to help you find out more about mountain biking, how to get out on the trails, keep you stoked, and hopefully learn a little more about mountain biking and the people involved. So thanks for being here and hopefully, hopefully this has helped you get off the sofa at some stage and on your bike. Because I am here to help you get on the trails, keep stoked and hopefully get them pedals pushing. So if you're a first time listener, thanks and welcome to the show. And if you're a long time listener, it's always great to have you back. I love chatting to you guys through the week via socials or via the, the website. So thanks so much for getting involved. I really do appreciate it. And if you want to get more involved, you can do so by visiting the website, which is mtb-tribe.com. You can subscribe there, get a synopsis of the show every week, and um, just learn a wee bit more about what's going on. Also, you can find us on socials at Instagram and uh, Facebook, which is at MTB Tribe. so you can get in contact there. I just want to say a shout out and a big thank you to everybody that got in contact regarding my broken shoulder bone and wishing me all the best there. I really do appreciate you guys getting in contact and we had a bit of a laugh to and fro. And so um, thanks so much, guys. It's it's awesome to know that people out there are listening and people care. So thanks again. It's, it's awesome to have you guys on board. So on to today's show and on episode number 48, it is my pleasure to have Tim Taylor on the show, the man behind the better tasting and better performing sports nutrition company called Chia Charge. I was actually asked to get Tim on the show by Nigel Morris, the man we had on the podcast a few weeks ago um, behind the very popular Manx 100 endurance race held in the Isle of Man. Nigel uses Tim's product and simply wanted to know more about the Chia Charge story. So when I reached out to Tim about coming on the show, he was super keen to get on and share the story of Chia Charge, what they do and why their product is that little bit different. So after doing research into Chia Charge and the different products they offer, um, I was very happy to see a few vegan options on there. I'm a vegan, so that obviously appealed to me. And um, Chia Charge has a great range of products, fun website, and really seem to enjoy what they're doing. So I chat with Tim about how it all started and why he wanted to enter a very competitive sports nutrition industry. We also talk about what is involved in building a sports nutrition company, what ingredients they use, how Chia Charge helps you perform better, and what products best suits your needs plus loads, loads more. It's a really interesting episode. Now, listen to the end of the show because Tim was also very kind to offer MTB Tribe listeners a 20% off discount on Chia Charge products. Um, Now, he has got some already discounted sample packs in there so it's not including those but anything else on the site you'll get 20% off so you can do that two ways you can listen to the end of the show and find out how to do that or you can simply go to the show notes by visiting the website mtb-tribe.com and you can find out everything you need to know there about claiming your 20% off discount at the checkout so thanks for listening folks I hope you enjoy the show and it was awesome to get Tim on so without further ado let's welcome Tim Taylor to the MTB Tribe podcast. Hi Tim, how are you doing today? Welcome to the MTB Tribe podcast and uh, thanks for coming on the show mate, I appreciate you coming on. 
Hey Gareth, I'm really pleased to be here and uh, thanks for the invite. I'm a, I'm a podcast virgin, so I'm well excited about this. <laughs> well, here, thanks so much. I know we've had a few issues getting you on. Um, one was you were too busy. Second one was my laptop died. So, <laughs> so finally, we've got you on the show. Yeah, well, well, I'm a persistent bugger, so here we are. Let's crack on. <laughs> Brilliant. So, for guys that don't know you, you have a company called Chia Charge, which is a nutritional sports brand. Yeah, so um, I'll, I'll jump in and just rein me back if I'm, I'm waffling too much. But yeah, so Chia Charge, we started a, amazingly six years ago, pretty much six years ago this month. And um, it's just about using real food. And so we use kitchen cupboard ingredients. And you could probably, guess what? You could probably make the stuff yourself if you wanted to. Um, we use kitchen cupboard ingredients and make flat, in the main, make flapjacks. We add chia seeds, but we also add, you know, we were the first ones to put sea salt flakes into a, into a flapjack bar mm. back in 2012. Um, and we just try and make stuff that's really palatable to eat because what I've learned is if I can't get it past your mouth or your neck, then it would not do you any good at all. <laughs> very true. Very true. So about chia charge then, um, where where did the idea come or or how did the idea come about so the idea came about kind of like, like a few things it kind of it was an evolution and went through a few iterations but um if i, if I take you back to tw- about 2010 2011 a book there's a book called um born to run and that was all about a tribe of mexican indians who basically they do ultra running as that ultra running, as in running more than a marathon distance, 26 miles, they do that as a part of their culture. So, like, we're all going mental about football or rugby or whatever it is, and this month it will be the Tour de France. But ultra running is just part of their culture. They will have villages racing each other up and down mountains for, like, 50 miles. And they all eat chia seeds. And they, they appeared in this book. And this book was like – I've read this book probably in 2011 or 12 and – best thing i was really excited about it and and at the time i was starting to run marathons and i was running i think in 2012 my plan yeah no 2012 i'm pretty sure i ran 10 marathons and 2013 i i failed at 13 but i did 12 marathons so i had this idea that i could use the chia seeds are really good for soaking up water and i was having reading runners world and all those kind of this this the entry level publications advised me that I had to I had to drink a litre of water every hour that I was running and I'm you know I'm no slim guy I carry I carry enough weight without having to add weight of water <laughs> to me you know there's 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 enough there's enough I have enough load thank you um so I was I was adding these chia seeds to the water in the with the idea that these will keep me hydrated and maybe I won't have to carry so much water and to be honest with you it, I felt that it worked and so I made a drink I had a cupboard full of sugars and seeds and flavorings and things like that and i was making my own drinks i have a background in the food industry and i was making my own drinks and then a point came in 2012 where i left one job didn't have any work over the summer um and we had a small a small pot of money that we'd carefully through our frugal living had, had, had saved and i kind of asked my my missus if uh, she wouldn't mind if I, if I could blow the lot on developing a new brand and uh, God bless her. She said, "Yeah, go on. Don't, don't try not to spend it all at once. <laughs> and, and P.S. Don't screw it up." Um, 
And that's how we started. And we, st- we actually started not with a flapjack, but with a sachet of chia seeds uh, and a, like a raspberry flavored drink. Mm-hmm. So, so you had a background in the food industry. Can you tell us a wee bit about that and, and what you did? Yeah, so um, kind of long story short, I kind of three three segments. Um, I, I I was a I'm a fully trained chef. Did my sitting, you know, back when they had sitting gills. I don't think they do that anymore. But I sitting gills. Did that for about ten years. Worked in the UK and in France. I worked on a hotel bar in France. I worked for a, a French family as a private chef in a ski resort. Did that for about ten years. And then I went to work for uh, food companies as a develop as a development chef, which was quite a novel thing at the time because um, they didn't use to use development. Strangely enough, going back 20, 30 years, they didn't use development chefs; they used technicians, people in white coats to create the recipes. Um, so I went to work for a food company. I got some uh, some scientific food technology qualifications then, and that was that, the first company I worked for was Uncle Ben's and Dormio. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were a great company, you know, they were part of the Mars Corporation and such a good company to work with. So lucky. Um, and they gave me really good grinding, grounding and, and training. That was great. Did that for about 10 years. And then I moved into commercial account management for food for food businesses. So I was looked after a meats business that was selling parts and spencers and sauce business that was making peppercorn sauce and diane sauces and gravies and things for marks and spencer so about 10 years in there so I kind of don't really have a branded experience but i have a grounded experience in, i know how food factories work and i know how um i kind of know i know how it i know how it all should work if you know what i mean from yeah so um so that's really the background. Mm, interesting, <laughs> interesting. And obviously it helped you do what you have done with Chia Charge. And if you hadn't had that background, then it's something you probably wouldn't even have thought of doing. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so that gave me, that gave me, good, that gave me the grounding and kind of gave me the kind of – it meant that when I go – if I go and talk to a baker now about wanting to make a recipe or we're going to change, change something – I kind of know what his pain points are, so hopefully I can work with him um, to, to to kind of mitigate those pain points. He's going to be more willing to work with me, and you know the example. You know the example I give you is we we've still got the same baker and that, that we've had for six. We're in our fifth or sixth year now. Mm. You know, and we've you know like any kind of family going on for that long time, we fall out from time to time, but we never really like break anything and. When I went to see, when I when I went to see him, I said, "Look, I want you to make this flapjack, but I, you know it has to be made with butter because um, I don't want any dodgy margarines in it, and I want sea salt flakes in it, and I want chia seeds in it." And he kind of went, "Well, that's okay. I can get butter, but sea salt and chia seeds, Tim, you'll have to supply them because I'm not spending my money on on you know that weird stuff." Mm-hmm. So so that's kind of how we've developed the relationship. So now, you know, when I, whenever I want to put any more weird stuff in something, um, like, a, you know, maybe a new peanut butter or some cashew butter or something that he doesn't use, I'll go, and buy, I'll go and buy that stuff. So I take the risk. I take the risk on ingredients and stuff like that. And then he just makes, makes the recipe that I want him to make. And it just it's a nicer way. It feels like it's a better, a better more collaborative way of working. Yeah. So your products are made... Locally, they are with you, are they? 
Yeah, so 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 yeah, so all our flapjacks are made in North Allerton. We're based in York, in Yorkshire, and North Allerton's like forty minutes up the road, um, just on the edge of the North Yorkshire Moors. Um, and uh, Richard Richard does all the baking up there because we, you know, I, there's no way I could be do, doing it. Although we although we develop all the recipes in our kitchen at home, there's just no way we'd be able to make the volume the volume that you need to uh, supply over four hundred shops in the UK. Yeah, wow, wow, that, that's that's immense. Um, so I take it then, Tim, this is a full time gig for you, it's not a part time. Yeah, yeah, full-time. absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So after about two years, after about two years, um, I'll give you a little bit more background. So I, I developed anyway, I developed this sachet with the raspberries and the chia seeds in it, and uh, that was just that. That was a great product, and people still ask me about it. But you know it was too difficult to explain because it was a time when people weren't putting sachets of powders in their, in their water. But also I think now it's like a really typical and everyday activity for cyclists and runners and stuff. But six years ago, it, it wasn't. So I was having to explain two things. I was One, I was having to explain, here's a sachet, put it in your water bottle. And then the second thing I was having to explain was, and there's these seeds in it, and these are really good for you. And I found that the two having to explain the two things just made it a very difficult sell. So I kind of looked around and went, well, we've got a really cute-looking brand here, Cheer Charge. Everyone seems to like it. It's nice branding, nice artwork. What else do? What else can we do? And we just hit upon this idea of a chia seed flapjack with sea salt flakes, no junky ingredients, just straightforward ingredients. Um, and since we launched that flapjack, it's just it, it, it has just grown year on year on year. So in 2014, 2015, I went went full time. Um, in 2016, my missus, uh, I needed more help and my missus had, had to leave her, what we call a proper job. Um, and she had to come and help. She, she helps me in the business every day now. And then last year we took on another guy to look after our videography and social and photography, a guy called Chris Bland. And he's, he's making a great contribution to the business too. Wow. Cool. So were you both both working full time before you went into Chia Charge full time? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so yeah. How so was how was that move like? Was it scary? Was it nervous? Well, Did no. You... To to be, to I, th- I, th- I think for me because I'm probably uh, more of a risk taker in 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 that sense. For me, it was kind of like this is fine. This is just all. This all seems to make sense. Um, Lisa. Uh, I think she felt like she had to stay working in order to make sure, you know, we have some backup in case the business went tits up or, you know, something didn't work out. So she she carried on working for for probably two years after I was in the business full time. But then we just got ourselves to a point where she wasn't, you know, she wasn't enjoying the job that she was doing. It was a bit of a commute. She doesn't like commuting, um, you know, and she was being out of the house for like 14 hours a day. And we just kind of got it got to a point where we said, look, this is nuts. You know, you'd, you'd be better off. We'd all be better off having no money. But you but you not pulling your hair out and being outside the home for so, so, such long, long amounts of time each day. Um, so that just felt quite natural. But, you know, you know, I was lucky that she was willing to stay at work for virtually 18 months, two years to, to make sure that she could support us through that early stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I'm interested in how you took the the idea to the brand that it is today, because, you know, the energy product market is a hard sector, I'm sure, to break into. Well, it, 
Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? And people say that to me. And, you know, I guess it's I guess it's hard to break into if uh, if you're expecting to get like, you know, millions and millions and millions of pounds of sales. But if, you know, we, we you know, we, we we don't live like kings, but we don't live like paupers. We're kind of in the middle ground. And that's 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 fine for us. We've got a, a decent sized business and. The, the, and it keeps growing year on year. You know, this year we got launched into the Mountain Warehouse stores in the UK and also into Go Outdoor stores in the UK. So we've, so that's a, that's a nice bit of growth for us. Last year um, we went into Cotswold Outdoors. So we kind of each year we've gone into more and more shops as well as growing as growing the website. And I just think it res- our, our brand resonates with you know, like a 25 to 50 kind of demographic. I think there's a load of, I think, you know what I think? I think there's a load of people who kind of go real food, real food. Okay. So this is made out of real food. It's not a weird powder with ingredients that I can't pronounce or don't know what they are. And, you know, I'm going to exercise for the next 20, 30, 40, maybe 50 years. And I don't want to be putting shit inside my body every week three times a week and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, we can all take a gel today or, you know, lots of us will tolerate having a gel one or two or three, but do we want to be in like 10 gels a week and stuff like that? Cause it's, there's some, you know, there's some odd stuff in it and it doesn't agree with everyone. So I think a real food message really resonates with a lot of people and they go, I'm okay taking this it might be high calorie cause it's energy stuff, but it's for a purpose and that makes sense. And that sits well with me that I'm going to be eating real food. And I think that's and that's our kind of brand difference, if you like. We're not kind of trying to persuade you that there's a bunch of guys in white coats who've done this amazing experiment at an obscure university somewhere, and that showed that you know seven out of ten riders will be 15 seconds faster over a 10 mile downhill or whatever it is. You know, we just we, it's not for us. That's not for us. We we want to tell you that this tastes nice. It has got calories in it got real food in it you should try it see how it works for you do you know what and if it doesn't work for you that's cool thanks for trying it and we feel, we feel that's like a better way it's just a better way to be it's just real and and, and mm. fair and honest and behaving with integrity and doing the right thing and all that all those kinds of words yeah well it's interesting because um nigel morris who organizes the manx 100 and the eye of the man uh, Nigel actually asked me to get you on the podcast. Okay. So that's, that's where I first heard of Tia Charge. Now, when I when I then went online and looked you up, I, I noticed you had a vegan range, which appeals to me because I'm a vegan. Okay. So that's what sparked my interest. And, and we'll go into ingredients in all in a wee minute. Um, but I'm interested in really from the start uh, – the quality of product you wanted to produce, like naturally sourced ingredients and stuff, was was that something you were adamant about from the very beginning? I tell you what, I'm, I tell you what, it's Julian. I just looked up Nigel Morris. <laughs> I just looked him up on the website. I can see he's a customer, so that's cool. Um, so I tell you what's important. The first question we say to ourselves is, what you know, after after we've got to the what what is it you want to develop? We're, we're looking at we're looking at some protein bars, protein crispy, protein flapjacks at the minute. The first question, after we've kind of got to that point, the next thing that we say is, um, have you made the recipe? Okay. What does it taste like? Does it taste great? 
we kind of go we don't go does it taste is it acceptable is it better than product z or product y we don't do that we just go does it taste really nice does it taste great do you want to eat it because if we can't, if i can't get if we can't get past that line then we just go i'll bin it off there's no point doing it because we only want stuff that people like eating you know mm-hmm. and whether that's right or wrong arguably for professional uh sports people that possibly doesn't matter because they'll just maybe they just have to eat what they're given um but i think you know 99 of us aren't in that bracket so we we work off the is it nice to eat will people want to eat it because if you can't get you to eat it you know i'll go to, back to that point if i can't get you to take it then it can't do you any good it doesn't matter what it doesn't matter what the nutritional quality of something it, it says on the wrapper if i can't get you to take it out of the wrapper and put it in your mouth because you know it tastes a bit dodgy there's no point so that's my that's kind of my philosophy and then in terms of the ingredients we're always in we always have this vegetarian versus vegan thing going on and i know we have a good number of vegan customers um and part of our range is vegan but we've never been able to replace butter and so you know gareth don't hate me for it but you know butter does taste nice and and it's true and it makes a better flapjack than margarine so i'm sorry about that um and believe me we have been through so many iterations of flapjacks especially like the peanut butter flap yeah we have a peanut butter flapjack and it has peanut butter in it but it also has dairy butter in it because it's just a better flapjack with that dairy butter and it's not and there's not loads of it but it's just a better flapjack with a dairy butter and lisa probably made 25 different iterations trying to make it without dairy butter we couldn't make it as good so we just in the end we just went it sounds a bit cranky to put dairy butter in a peanut butter flapjack but do you know what it made the best product yeah Yeah. we'll get on to the vegan thing in a wee bit because um i want to chat to you just as a selfish thing and sure that's cool that's that's cool because i love to i love to talk to people about the different things because i you know i just think i can't learn enough and i can't get enough feedback so any feedback all feedback is great feedback right even if it's even if you don't like hearing it so yeah i'm really happy to talk about the whole vegan thing too yeah cool so well let's talk ingredients then so tell us a wee bit about the the chia seeds, uh, because so, they're known as a superfood, aren't they? Yeah, so chia, yeah, so the chia seeds are kind of they've been known as a superfood and trendy and novel food and stuff like that. Um, they've been around in the UK for about probably about eight or ten years, but much better known in the last three to five years. And now they're kind of it's it's almost not that remarkable when when you know so still lots of people have never heard of them. But, you know, lots of people have heard of them. And so they were, a, they were I mean, how much detail you want. They were a crop of, of the Aztec nation. So they've been used for like 2000 years. And it was a, it was literally a cash crop because they have this, the oil in the seeds is really valuable. It's omega three oil. And because of the antioxidants in the seeds, the oil almost will almost never go go off or become rancid um, because the antioxidants stop the oil oxidizing as you'd expect with an, something called an antioxidant so they're high nutritional value relatively low in carbs but high in fiber but they also have 20 percent 19 20 percent protein and and the and the protein in them is a really i haven't got the numbers or the names of all the amino acids but it they have a really good spread of all the amino acids in with the right profile and i know that's like 
an often used term when people start talking about amino acids and, and vegetarian food. So um, for that reason, they're a really good food. But you, you nobody's just going to eat seeds on their own because you'd probably block up your throat. It'd be like eating spoonfuls, be like eating spoonfuls of flour or something. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so you need to put them into something. So I have, you know, I have my, my breakfast every day is goat's yogurt, blueberries, granola, chia seeds, and maybe some, you know, if I've had a great workout, I might get some peanut butter too. Um, so, I, you know, I put them on my breakfast every day, but we obviously put them into flapjacks and lots of different bars. Um, and it's a, it's not a silver bullet. It's about adding, you know, adding little things, you know, it's like the, those 1% increments that the british cycling team talk about you know it's like here's a better thing for us to put in the bar so let's put it in um so bar the bars tend to have something between five and eight percent chia seeds in them and that seems like a good amount to put in them because you're getting you're getting some benefit from the omega-3 and you but you're not overloading it and making it a you know torturously chewy bar that you can't actually eat while you're riding mm-hmm. yeah and you know, it's interesting from the point of view that I'm sure putting the, like a chia seeds in as a superfood and all these things are expensive because, like you say, they're that trendy type thing. So doing your brand and your bars and your flapjacks and your nut bars and stuff, is it more expensive to produce using the ingredients you use? Could you go down a cheaper, uh, cheaper kind of alleyway uh, if you really oh, wanted to? Yeah, I mean, listen, I've spent 20 years in a food business where every you know every other project is about cost reduction value engineering cost engineering whatever euphemism you want to use for it and everybody but everybody wants to take money out of the recipe it's like mm. it's taking money out of the recipe just is to me is just dumb it's, it's a bit, well for a brand anyway i mean you know if own label supermarkets want to spend their lives doing it that you know great knock yourself out and a lot of them do you know year after year after year They'll, they'll cheapen a recipe. They'll be in a massive race to the bottom. And then four years down the line, somebody will say, hey, do you know what? We need a premium brand because um, our products aren't that great. So, you know, it's not it's not something we're ever going to do. So we've we launched an original chia seed flapjack with sea salt flakes in 2012. And the recipe since then has never changed. It's just not changed because there's, there's you know, I've got a brand and a name. Why would I, why would I start? messing people around with the recipe so we 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 have lots of options to make it cheaper we definitely could make it cheaper but i just don't i just i think the risk is huge and the reward the reward is massively negative so what we will you know we'll we'll never change the cheer charge original cheer charge sea salt flapjack recipe because you know i'd rather stop selling it and launch another product if you know what i mean so we could yeah we could put margarine in it we could put less seeds in it we could you know probably find some cheaper oats to put in it or not put brown sugar in it just put white sugar in it put glucose syrup in it instead of golden syrup but it's just it's just not what we're going to do it's just not our brand but you know i'd rather go and shop shop and go and do something else yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. it would be like if you sold the brand to coca-cola they would soon do all that stuff you know (laughs) well yeah i wonder i don't know i I, yeah they might do but I I, i don't think they'd do it very quickly no. Do you know? Do you know that reminds me. Somebody, there was a guy on a Polish website yesterday. So because you just talked about selling a brand, and Ben and Jerry's 
Ben and Jerry's for years was an independent brand, and then they sold out to I can't remember who they sold it to, but you know, to a really massive company. Yeah. And um, it just amused me yesterday. A guy on a Polish Facebook page um, put one of our put a picture of one of our flapjacks up and said, "You got you know this flat these flapjacks these cheer charge flapjacks they are the Ben and Jerry's of flapjacks." I was like, "That's really nice. Thanks very much, guys." <laughs> Really what cool. did he mean by that? What do you think? I he think meant well, I'm hoping it was complimentary. I hope, ben and, I hope they see Ben and Jerry's as being a you know a premium, you know, really good top of the you know top brand yeah. product. So um, I think that's what he meant by it. I mean, I don't know what it. I don't, I'm assuming Ben and Jerry's is pretty pretty much premium product in in Poland. I I wouldn't I couldn't tell you to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I'm not an expert on Polish ice cream either. So. <laughs> classic um, so tell us about the different range of products you produce there what's your what's your most popular so I, I, all of our flapjacks lumped together are far and away the most they're the most popular thing we do so in terms of the flavors we just we it, it's probably an even split between the big flapjacks and the little flapjacks so we've always we've all, the first product we launched was an 80 gram flapjack so we do four Four flavors. We do the, the original sea salt, the banana, the berry, which has no added sugar in it. It's just based on dates and cranberries. And then just in the last month, we've launched the salted caramel. And um, that's been really popular. We had it as a limited edition in a small bar. So those are the four flavors. And we do mixed boxes as well. So if anybody wanted to, you know, watch out, here's an advert. If anybody, if anybody wants to buy online, then you can get a mixed box with all four flavors in. And that's, I always think for customers, it's like really tricky when you go to places and they kind of, they only have one, you can, I want to buy a box. Oh, and it's cheaper to buy a box. So that's great. And then you go, ah, but I have to have all one flavor and I don't know what they taste like. And it's like a real big risk to buy, a, you know, 15 flapjacks or 20 flapjacks. And you kind of go, oh, I'm not sure if I like them all. But if you've got a mixed box, then do you know what? You're probably going to like three out of four, aren't you? Yeah. So, so we've we've found that we've found that's been a really like handy. And then we've we've we have mini flatbacks as well, which we found with road cyclists and mountain bikers that it's um, they find it easier to handle a, a, a small mini flapjack. So it's kind of like bite the top off while you're riding, and you could probably squeeze one or two mouthfuls in within about a minute, and then that's dealt with. So it's a, a lot of the a lot of the mountain bikers that that we know around around the place uh, are happier handling the minis because it, and it's an easy way of measuring it. You don't have to put it. You haven't got to put a half-eaten bar back in your pocket because you just get it in your get it all in your mouth in one go. And they're th- they're thirty grams, um, and they're really popular. And again, we do them in mixed mixed boxes. So they're the they're the really popular ones. But having said that, we launched peanut butter flapjack last year, and every you know just everyone's mad for peanut butter at the minute too. So. Um, I'd be hard pressed to to kind of split it between salted, soy caramel, banana, and peanut butter. To be honest. Yeah, no, it's good. You have a good range going on there, um, and uh, they all look good. That that's truthful, you know. Um, so let's chat about the vegan stuff then. Um, so was was that a conscious effort to do that, put that into your brand, or was it something you had been asked? Some, yeah, we'd, be, we'd been asked by customers to look at it and we've just we've literally just run out of a vegan protein bar that we do but we have these we have these other bars called karma bars which are more like they're not really energy bars they're more like a healthy snack but they're based on cashew paste and dates so we have a cashew karma cocoa karma coffee karma and that was just something that i just thought we were missing that 
kind of I can I'm sitting at my desk I really fancy something to eat what can I grab that's convenient and that that option because we're not all out pounding the trail 24 7 so you know everyone has some downtime when they're maybe not exercising and so we launched the karma bars to try and meet that need and it didn't feel necessary to put to be putting butter in them or whey or any any anything like that so i think i think it was more of a natural arrival rather than a concerted effort to make something vegetarian the, the original intention was just to make something that was easy easy and convenient to snack on mm-hmm. no it's interesting because obviously with me being i'm, I'm a plant-based vegan actually um but with me getting more and more into that i'm seeing a lot more athletes switching over to that way that kind of diet and uh, i must admit it did intrigue me that you d- you did a, a a vegan range because i know i can go to that easily and i don't have to sit and read ingredients through everything yeah um, and yeah and i think I, yeah i think it's just that you know and it's a but there's a button on the website if you want to see the vegan stuff you press the vegan button so it, that seemed like an obvious kind of uh you know, way of making life easier for, for, for somebody coming to the website. If you just rather than ask, you know, if you ask us by all means, message us on Facebook for where the vegan products are. But we've just got a vegan range, and it just felt like an obvious way of of, 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 of putting them together. Um, I think we just kind of naturally, if I'm if I'm honest, I think we just naturally arrived at some vegan products rather than saying, oh, we should make a vegan range because vegans are, you know proliferating and the top one we could meet with market need i think we just went we think these would be good products and they happen to be vegan it's kind of the way we went around it um but you're right there's a definite end of lots of people moving moving over to being a vegan being vegans and avoid you know people avoiding dairy people avoiding gluten you know there's, there's loads of there's just loads and loads of those different uh niches that the people have got a particular requirement and they need products to fill it yeah, no. So uh, thank you very much for doing that. I appreciate it. It's, it's good for the likes of me. <laughs> when you say you're, I'm not being stupid, am I? When you you said you're a plant-based vegan, that's that mm-hmm. that's that's an, that's an, that's there isn't any other kind of vegan, is there? Well, there is. You know, so what what plant-based vegan means basically is you don't eat anything processed. So it's all natural. So I. When I was when I went vegan uh, initially, um, my girlfriend at the time Katrina was sitting, and she was eating a packet of uh, cheesy ring ringo crisps or something like that, uh-huh. and I just happened to look in the back of them and it said suitable for vegans, and I thought, well, hold on a wee minute, vegan to me means healthy right okay that's what i think of when i think of a vegan but sitting eating a packet of cheesy crisps certainly ain't healthy so you can get really really unhealthy vegans and if you don't do it it properly and go out of your way you're going to be an unhealthy vegan there's no doubt about it so plant-based means you don't take anything processed and i don't take anything with added oil added salt or added sugar but would you would you eat like a can of beans? Would that be okay or not? No, no. Okay. No, um, because they they will probably be in a tomato sauce kind of substitute type okay. thing with added sugars and added salts. But if it was a um, but if it was a clean recipe, oh sorry, I don't want to like dilute, divert the, the attention of the podcast. <laughs> oh, but, but if it was like a clean recipe, 
you know, that you approved of? Could you take something out of a can? Yes, but you, you can get them, but to okay. to find that is not easy. So, right. okay. um, you know, a lot of plant-based vegans will say, well, they don't eat anything out of a packet or anything out of a tin. You know I, what I mean? That That's kind of how you measure it. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's not easy. Um, and certainly you're going to slip up every now and then. But, um, yeah, I just personally for me, it works for me, you know. Um, and I have come from being a vegetarian through to a vegan and now through to a plant-based vegan. Um, and I just oh. find it really interesting too, you know. Wow, that's great. That's great. If that's something, you know, and, you know, if that's a lifestyle that you want, then that's fantastic. And, you know, more strength to your arm. Um, we, <laughs> I think because we're a brand, we, we end up meeting a lot of people who are quite, who are militantly ve- vegans as well. And that kind of, um, uh, on a good day, I might all make me smile and say, well, look, you know, thing that you want isn't something we're going to do. Um, but on a bad day, it might make me kind of grimace and, and, and be grouchy. Cause you know, it's kind of like, there's, there's, well, for right or wrong, there's, a, there's vegans can kind of get a reputation for being a bit militant, and it's like, oh, do you know, I'm not going to shove my politics down your throat. Why, 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 why do you feel the need to come at it, come at it the other way? Yeah, no, and you know, I would say ninety uh, percent of my friends are meat eaters. Right. Okay. You know, but but them and I, I will never. Obviously, if they ask me my opinion, I'll tell them. Yes. But I will never, ever say to them, guys, I'm not going out with you tonight because you're going to be eating meat. Yeah. It's never like that. And, you know, the funny thing is, them, you know, I've I've heard them guys in passing when we've been planning to go out for an evening or something and I'm maybe in the kitchen and they're, they're in the living room or something. And I would hear them saying, oh, well, there's not really enough options there for G, so let's look at somewhere else. You know, yeah. how cool is that? Well, that's great, isn't it? Because they, they, that's... That, that's the kind of a bit of a definition of friendship, isn't it? That they care about yeah. enough to, to, to be bothered. So that's great. Yeah. And, you know, I, I initially got into vegetarianism just simply because of animal welfare. Right. That was it. It wasn't to be healthier. It wasn't to, I don't know. It wasn't for, it was just simply for animal welfare. And then the more I've read into it and the more I've studied it, it's just led me down the road to plant-based veganism. Yeah, um, and that so, I can that I can understand and appreciate very much. Yeah, so so that's the reason, and I'll, I'll never push it down anybody's throat. You know, it's it's a it's a lifestyle choice of my own. Um, so, but that that's why seeing the vegan option in your in your um, brand and within your products, it really sparked my interest. So it was it was great to see that. You know. So how many how many vegan mountain bikers are there? Do you think? I don't know, but I know I, I had a girl on the podcast called Sonia Looney, who's an endurance. She's a professional endurance rider. Okay. Um, she does these hundred hundred mile endurance races. Um, she's plant based vegan. She's very much into it. She's got her own Facebook group, um, plant based Facebook group. Okay. And, you know, she sees the benefits from it from a health and a performance yeah. route. And, you know, the, the one thing I asked her, I asked her was, did she see many of her competitors um, and her friends becoming plant-based vegans? And she said yes, but she actually noticed more NFL players becoming vegans. Wow. So, and them guys aren't small, you know. 
Um, no. No, no, no. So it's very... Yeah, it's very interesting. And I know a, a number of years ago, one of the best running bikes in the league is a plant-based vegan. So I think the problem with it is, and, you, and you'll maybe be interested in this yourself, um, is that a lot of people, and the first question I would get asked is, well, where do you get your energy or where do you get your protein from? Yeah. You know, and I, I think people don't realize that you can get all the protein you need and more energy and you know, uh, everything nutrient-wise you need from vegetables and fruits and grains yeah. and seeds. Of course and, you can. Of course you, you can. You know, um, you don't need red meat as such um, or whatever. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting. I, you know, I, I just find it really interesting. Cool. Yeah, it's all good. So let's talk a wee bit about the benefits of using your product. So what benefits as a mountain biker can we get from using your Chia, Chia Charge product? Well, the, it kind of get, it kind of heart back to coming at some of the things I said earlier. So we listen. There's loads of products out in the world, and you know you you want to try you know try a good few before you settle on on what your favourite is. And and one thing that you know does it work for me or work for you? Does it work for everyone? The, mm. It's it's just about having convenient energy. Um, while you're out on the trail so you know you're going to, you might go out and listen, if you're going to go out and ride for an hour you know you might need a drink but that's it you're probably not going to need any like energy bar or anything because i'm blowing smoke up your trousers to, to convince you of that by trying to tell a runner they need to eat an energy bar before a 10k race you kind of don't really um but if you're going out for longer periods for two three four hour all day all day trips and you need to carry some food with you then we've found that lots of bikers and especially like in, people who are doing mountain bike endurance races, the 12 and the 24 hour races, really, really like, really like the flapjacks. They've got balanced energy because they've got, you know, whoever invented flapjacks did us all a great favor because they have, they have sugar in them and they have oats in them. And that's about, and that's kind of a balanced carbohydrate because you get, you get the faster hit from the simple sugars and then the, 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 the complex carbohydrate, which is the, which is the oats will take a little while to uh, get ingested into your bloodstream and provide you with that energy. But you'll get a balanced hit. So you've always, if you're always having a nibble every 20, 30 minutes, your body's, your, your tummy's ticking over and it's putting that energy into your bloodstream. And then you're going to have the energy you need for that next climb or, you know, you're going to have the sugar in your brain that's going to help you concentrate on that next kind of, dangerous bit of downhill that you want to do really fast but you've got to have your head together so it's just about having that balanced energy in a in a real in a real food format yeah and i want to ask you this question because i just want your opinion on this because it's something we most of us probably do wrong and and for the weekend warrior or for somebody that's getting out in the bike maybe two or three times a week when is the best time to take one of your products and and like how soon before a ride or during a ride? What what would you advise on that? Well, look, it's, it depends. How, it, depends it depends on a lot of things. It depends on the, your weight, what energy you're gonna, what kind of output you're gonna you're gonna put out, and how long how long you're riding for. But let's, as a for example, let's take let's say you're going out for four hours. You're going out for four hours. You know, three or four of your mates, and you're gonna uh, you're gonna ride relatively hard. Um, and you're going to be fairly consistent. You might not have a break in the four hours. You know, you, it's like everyone said, four, it's going to take us four hours to do this in daylight. 
we've got to keep you know we need to keep keep on it at a reasonable pace so it's akin to running a road marathon i think that that kind of kind of expenditure of energy so i'd let's say you're starting at nine o'clock and I'm, I'm going to give you an example and, and hopefully we can go with it let's say you're going to be on the bikes at nine o'clock because it's you know you it's an hour away from home so you'll get up at you get up at half six have some porridge for breakfast that's what i'd recommend you probably don't want to be having too you know any if you normally have fruit for breakfast i'd, I'd advise against it because it's, it's going to make you want to go to get off the bike and go to the toilet later on in the morning um <laughs> So without getting too graphic, so I'd say have, have some porridge about half past six, seven o'clock in the morning. Make sure you've done your toilet visits by the time you leave the house at, let's say, quarter to eight. You're at the venue, quarter to nine. You're on your bike at nine o'clock. Off you go. While you're driving there, I recommend you maybe eat a flapjack. And I recommend you take two to three flapjacks with you and maybe a couple of litres of water. And then every 20 minutes, 30 minutes, you should have a nibble on some flapjack have a drink of water and keep going and what a lot of what a lot of road cyclists do is they they have these garmin watches or whatever the watches they have but they have alarms on them and they're either set to go off every 15 or 20 minutes or they're set to go off every four four to five k something like that and they set themselves at that alarm and that alarm keeps going off and that reminds them to have something to eat and drink one of the worst things you can do is bonk, you know, is to bonk on a on a on a on a cycle excursion or or, or a ride out. You don't want to ever get to the point where your system's empty, because then you're going to find it hard to put food in, and your and your stomach will be empty and it will rebel, and you'll actually want to put more food in than it wants to take in. But what you want to be doing with your with your with your stomach system, if I can call it a system, is you want to be putting a little bit in at regular intervals. So every 20, 30 minutes. Be putting something in. It doesn't have to be a flapjack. It'd be whatever works for you. So it might be, might be a particular drink or a particular bar or or a piece of fruit or whatever. But be putting something in and be putting it in consistently because that way your stomach is a reasonably reasonably large muscle, and you want it to be ticking over. You don't want it to run empty, get cramps, then put a load of stuff in it, and it kind of goes oh oh. I was empty a second ago and now I'm full on because it's going to take energy away from other parts of your body. So you just what you want is your stomach and your digestive system just to be ticking over nicely. Put a bit in, have a drink 20 minutes later. That will have worked through. Put a bit more in. So it's a little bit it's little and often rather than, you know, stop every hour, eat a sandwich, stop in another hour, eat a sandwich because you'll just run empty. And then you have to load it up again and you probably end up with more gastric issues than 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 not and what you want is that consistent energy delivery yeah that that's so interesting and i'll, I'll tell you a quick wee story have you got an r no yeah. <laughs> let me get a pillow I went, hold on <laughs> i went out to one of my local trails one day myself and thinking i'm going to go out and it's it's not a purpose-built trail center or anything and i thought i'm going to go out, i'm going to try and find some new trails and the disadvantage with that is you've got to ride up them before you can kind of find where they start. Yeah. You, know, you can see the exits, but you can't. You don't know where they start. So I ended up, and I thought, I'll go out for an hour. I'm with myself. I didn't take any food with me or anything. And it was quite it was quite wet and boggy. And I ended up, I, I, I kind of lost track of time and stuff, but I ended up mainly climbing for about three and a half hours. Wow. And... Because I was finding all these new trails and I was getting excited and lost track of time. And 
I finally realized, well, I'm super hungry here. I need to go and go home and get some. So it took me another 40 minutes to get home. I had some food and about 10 minutes after I ate the food, I felt so ill. Yeah. Um, my system just, I don't know. I, I kind of went, I got the shakes. I had to lie down. I had to try and go to sleep for an hour. I just felt so bad. And it just hit me, you know, that is so important. That was my system just saying, you know, you have been a fool here. You screwed, yeah, you, you, your digestion saying you screwed us over here, Gareth. And by the way, now we're going to screw you over. <laughs> it, it, here it goes. You're going to do nothing now for two hours. Yeah. So, you know, your bars and all are obviously designed to take up the trail with you and to carry with you. Um, and it's interesting you're saying every 20 minutes or so, because I would have thought it would have been more like every hour, hour and a half. So I've been doing that wrong. Well, it you know, listen, it depends on, I, I wouldn't go so far as to say you got it wrong, but I'd kind of go, you've got to develop, everyone's different and they'll all have it. We'll all have different systems. My my miss is if we go out, we're training for an ultra run at the minute. We're training for a 50-mile race. She's been an absolute sod at getting her to try and eat and drink anything. But, you know, eventually, after six months training, after about three or four months, she's realized that she won't be able to do a 50-mile race if she doesn't eat or drink. So she's had to develop a system and decide on the foods that are going to work for her and that she'll be able to tolerate. So we're all, you know, we're all wildly different, but I, mm. 20 to 30 minutes is appropriate. And, you know, whether it's a big bar or a little bar or big bite or a little bite will depend on you. Cause I'll, you know, I'll drink, I'll happily drink a liter and a half of water in an hour. My missus might run slightly faster than me or cycle slightly, you know, slightly stronger than me, but she might only drink 400 mil and she'll be just as happy as I am, but it's just, you know, we all have slightly different bodies, but I definitely recommend 20 to 30 minutes. And you've got to tailor that to your body size. How, you know, how much do you weigh? How hard are you working? How far are you going? Yeah, it's so interesting, isn't it? Yeah. It's, oh, man, it can it's just a, and it'll make and it can make or break, you know, your day out or your or your, you know, if you're doing a race or stuff like that. And we always say, we, we say to people, we get, we get asked for lots of advice, and we say to people, look, you wouldn't go out. Say you're going out with a bunch of guys. It's been set up for, you know, six months. You said 25 of us are going to get together. We're going to go and ride all around the Peak District in a day, you know. We're going to go and do that. It's going to take you six or eight hours to do this route. You wouldn't go and get a new bike the day before, would you? It's just like bonkers, isn't it? It's, would you go and get a new bike? Yeah, only an idiot, you know, like only only an idiot marathon runner would go and buy new trainers the day before a marathon. So it's kind of like, why therefore on the day that you're going to go and do that really important event, will you only start thinking about what food you're going to eat? If you've been trained, if you spent the previous six months training for it every two or three weekends, you've been saying to your family, look, I'm going to go out for six hours because I really want to be fit for this race. That's when you should be, you'd, you're training your body, you're training, you're getting used to your machine. Why aren't you getting used to your food? Why haven't you put as much effort and thought about the food and the fuel that you put in? Because you should be training with that at the same time. So, you know, when I go out for my next ultra race, I will know what I've been training with. I will take the same food, the same drinks. There'll be no surprises on the day because I'll have used them in practice. And it kind of, when you yeah, put it yeah. like that, it kind of makes, to me, it makes a lot, it kind of, it's like staying the obvious, but for some, lots of us, we won't, you know, there'll be an aspect 
of our training that we haven't considered. And for lots of people, the food is the aspect they haven't considered. And for some people, they've never got into trouble because of the food choices they made. But then for others, they maybe need a bit more help or advice. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. And I want to chat to you about customer reviews because you have a lot of good ones on the site, on your website. Um, how does that make you feel when you're getting so so much good feedback? How cool is that? We get we we get shitloads of reviews, and it's really good. And we have we have. Listen, I've got to tell you about some of the funny ones, right? Okay, so we um, a couple of few months ago we said, oh, do you think some? I've been asked. People have been asking me for stickers for like five years. I mean, there's a guy in Scotland who runs a runs a. Uh, I think he runs a bakery. He's like literally emailed me every twelve months for about four years, and eventually I've got some stickers for him and um and it's just like you know if and basically it's if you buy something on the website you want a sticker just add this product it's free you will send you a free sticker and um we we've had reviews for our stickers right so like best the best one is this like oh well in fairness we've had two or three but like the you know one of the funny ones was it's a sticker it works and then we've got a, we've got a picture of a policeman with a sticker on his mouth um and also it's just like we have some bonkers somebody put a picture of a suit of armor on last week it was like i couldn't quite figure it out he said he said it was nice to have a flapjack that's not too sickly sweet and tastes great but he put he didn't put a picture of himself and his bike on there he put a picture of a suit of armor it's bizarre (laughs) yeah our reviews our reviews entertain me but yeah no it's you know we've got over um this just sounds like a humble brag now doesn't it but we've got reviews on the site and they're all they're all automated. So if you buy something, you'll get an auto, you know, guess what? Everyone gets an email and um, we just send, you know, we'll send you an email like a week or two weeks later just saying, oh, listen, Gareth, you bought this. Would you be kind enough to drop us, you know, drop drop a review on the site? And that's, and, that, and they all go on that reviews page or they go on, and they go on the product page. That's like all automated and they're all mainly four and five stars. We've had the odd um, crappy one and then we try to, you know, we try and understand why we've had it the old crappy one and then we kind of take we you know we ask the people about it because like i want to know if you don't like it i want to know why and sometimes it's just like you know what i didn't like it you know peace peace be with you but i didn't enjoy it um but sometimes it may be something we can do something about because we might have screwed it we might have screwed up a delivery or or not send them what they asked for and stuff like that so it's, it's good to know yeah no it's good and i enjoyed reading through them it was quite entertaining as you say yeah danny yeah danny the policeman you know you've got to go to the website just to see the picture danny the policeman because he took the bloody picture when it was um it was uh the pride parade in york as well so he's like got his and he's a and god bless him he's a police sergeant as well he goes to the same crossfit box as me so uh we usually have a bit of a laugh cool cool and you have a few you have a good lot of brand ambassadors as well is that important for the brand well do you know i'm gareth i don't know how your life has panned out but my mine is mine's made up pretty much on a daily basis i'm not really sure sometimes but so and i kind of our brand ambassador program if you can call it that is kind of made up on a daily basis but we've got we often get people who come to i'd say often pretty much every day somebody's going to email us and say oh look we are university triathlon team or i run ultra races i do mountain biking um i've won this i've won that and it's difficult to pick people out but we kind of um 
we've got a bunch of people who we enjoy working with. We've got a, 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 a lady who's Jen, who's is bouldering. We've got a couple of cyclists, Nigel and Donna, who do a lot of mountain biking. Donna did my avalanche this year, and Nigel's just done an Ordax route down the, the length of Wales. Seems to be at the top of the pole of that. And they they went to the Manx 100 as well. I think. Do you know what I think? Donna came like. Did she win or did she come second or third? I can't remember. But would you, do you know one of the things about having your own business is you only you can you get to choose work with people who you like. So yeah. basically, basically, it's probably not a very scientific, business-like or perfect marketing solution. But we work with people that we like, and um, they resonate with us. They have similar values to us, and that's kind of as complex as complicated as it is to be honest and then you know if if we feel like they're not giving us much social traction or they're not helping us as much as we feel we're helping them and it becomes a you know quite one-sided relationship then we might come to an end of that relationship but if as long as we feel like it, we're giving each other value then we just carry on yeah it's good and i think that kind of relationship works the best really you know yeah, I mean, we you know we feel like we can contribute to you know to the lifestyle that a lot of these people have got. Um, we just met up with a lady called Holly Page, and she's um, she she came to us. She loves our products. Turns out she's she's a shit hot runner. She just won to to like sky ultra marathons, running up and down mountains in Spain and Italy and stuff. And to be honest, I've never heard of her because I didn't pay enough attention to that that niche in the sport. But it turns out she's a shit hot runner. So we're going okay, Holly. And yeah, let's let's see how that works out. Yeah, exactly, exactly. No, and that's that's the best way, I think. So let's have a wee chat about the future. I am time aware here, and um, I don't want to keep you too much longer. So have you have you anything else planned, new or exciting for the future of the brand that you can give us a wee sneak well, preview? Well, of? I mean, okay. So we, I've I've always got lots of plans and lots of things I want to do. The the next thing we've got on our agenda is to come up with a couple of protein bars, and one of them may not be vegan, I have to tell you, Gareth. <laughs> Working on, we've, we've done a lot of work in the last six months to try and come up with a protein bar that we like the taste of, and it turns out the one that we've just run out of, the vegan protein bar, um, now that we've just run out of it, it turns out it was a lot more popular than I thought, because the number of emails I've had saying, what the hell are you doing, why haven't you got this in stock? I really loved it. I'm a vegan postman. I really like this. It's hard to get hold of protein that's convenient and stuff like that. So we're in it. We're kind of in a in a bit of a decision tree moment at the minute as to which way to jump, whether to bring that back or to develop a couple of other products. So we'll decide that in the next three or four weeks. And we'll probably what we'll do is we'll probably make a couple of things, put them out as a test market, and just let and ask our customers what they think because they're really good at giving us feedback when we do surveys with them and we love asking them questions and they're really generous with the time so that's a protein bar definitely on the horizon probably take us six to eight weeks to test market and then probably launch it properly in september october we're also looking at a granola a no added sugar granola and we're also looking at a again this is going to be tricky for you gareth but it's a yogurt coated raisin with chia seeds so you know you get these yogurty raisins and chocolate raisins mm. like that so we've got we've got a yogurty raisin coated sorry a yogurt and chia seed coated raisin so that's ready to roll that's just me getting my i need to get my, my backside in gear and sort the packaging out so that'll come out in the next six to eight weeks too um and then we've got more ideas for flavors in the autumn more ideas for different flavors at christmas we've had the same flavors 
the last two Christmases. So I think we're probably going to um, consign the last flavours to uh, our kind of happy memories book and bring out a couple more. Um, yeah. And just keep plugging away, keep plugging away. And, and you know, businesses, the businesses grow nicely each year. We're growing, we've got we're getting more shops on board. Different people in different countries are ordering from us. The website's growing. And it's just more, it's kind of more of the same and, and keep working away at your reputation and your product quality and your recipe quality and things like that, which probably sounds a little bit boring, but um, we enjoy it. Yeah, it's grand. And, you know, you're obviously still enjoying it and you're obviously still very passionate about the whole business side of the process as well and um so you're happy with the way the brand has been performing yeah i'm just i tell you what's great about it is because i don't feel like i have a proper job in, in any any shape way or form what's great is you know six or ten people are going to get in touch with me today on facebook or instagram or by email and they'll all be people who are doing things that i'm interested in and that's great and, um, and one of them, one of them is going to email me and say, Tim, you know, really pleased that you've got this brand. I really enjoy it. I love all your values. I love what you do. I love the 1% for the planet thing. And they're all doing stuff that's amazing and interesting. And maybe I can give them a bit of advice or steer them in a, in a certain direction. But it's just great to be involved in stuff that everyone's passionate about. It's activity. It's keeping fit, having fun, being with friends, all that stuff. It's like, well, what? what how can that be? How can that go wrong? That's perfect. Yeah, no, it's, it sounds awesome. And just tell us about the one percent for the planet thing. I know we touched on it a wee bit before okay, I hit so, the big so, red record button, but go ahead. So we there's a couple of guys in Switzerland who run the CheerCharge.ch website, um, Roman and Tom, and we were talking about charitable giving about three or four years ago. And they and I had a chat with Tom, and he he said, "Oh, listen, you should look at this one percent for the planet because." It's a thing that it was kind of set up by the founder of the Patagonia clothing um, <laughs> empire. So I had a little look at it. And basically, it's it's a commitment to give 1% of your gross sale income to an environmental charity a year. So if we sell £500,000, if, if our gross sales value is £500,000, half a million pounds, we have to give £5,000 to charity this year. Um, which is just about where we are for 2017. So it's not a 1% of your profit or some other kind of accounting manipulated number. It's a figure that will be, you know, it'll be published at Companies House in 12 months time or 18 months time. You can't fudge the figure. You know, your gross sales figure is your gross sales figure. There's no dicking around with it. So Mm. that's what I really like about it because lots of companies say, oh, we contribute x percent of our profit to whatever but what they didn't tell you was that they didn't make any profit or you know or, or you know came up with some dodge so first off that's what i really like about it and then second off it's about environmental charities of which there are a number in the uk so we give money this year we're going to give money to fix as we did last year we're going to give money to fix bells um because you know we know lots of people who go around the lake district and use those paths and these guys spend their time um fixing paths and doing you know restoring and preventing erosion so we think that's really worthwhile and then the other two charities we're going to give money to um are they're both called recycle bike one's um recycle bike in sterling in scotland who um and then the other ones is, is a similar and there's there's some kind of 
slight difference in the name, but they recycle bike based in Newcastle. And basically, these guys take in old bikes, they fix them up, they sell them back to the community, they help different elements of the community. So the one in Newcastle might be give, might give bikes to refugees or might give some bikes to schools. And once a year, they send. It's an amazing system. Once a year, they send a container full of fixed up bikes. They give them to a guy in Kenya. He sells them, and then he funds a school in Kenya. So it's just like mm. what? And that's all out of people like in the in the northeast giving them their old trashy bikes that they don't want anymore because they've bought a new bike. So they're both really great charities, and, and you know the one in Scotland does a lot of work in the community too. So that, that's I just think it's really one of the coolest things about running a business is you can like you can make these decisions that say yeah we're going to give this money to people. That's great, and it's going to be out. You know, it's going to be about outdoor stuff, and it's, it's going to be about encouraging people to be active. So I just think that's like, you know, super cool part of part of our business, and uh, really happy to do it. Yeah, well, thank you for doing that. I, I really appreciate that. I'm, I'm into that side of things myself, and I think big businesses now, um, you know, like your Coca Colas and like your Hewlett Packards or whatever, these guys need to think about giving back now because that's the way it's going to be in the future. If you don't give back, I think you're going to run into issues and problems with your customer base. Yeah, and I think, you know, that, so Patag- I'd, I'd like to hold up Patagonia. And I read the, the guy who started Patagonia has got a great book. Um, mm. I really recommend it. I think it's called, um, I think it's called Let My People Surf because basically he likes surfing. Yeah. He likes to take the day off and go surfing. Yeah, that's right. I, I've read two of his books, yeah. actually. I- yeah. yeah, I just think it makes so much sense. And it's like, why wouldn't why wouldn't you want to support somebody? You know, if you can afford if you if you can afford to do it and do it a sensible way, why wouldn't you just like make that a principle of your business and and, and just tell you know, I want you to know if you spend money with me, I want you to know some of that's gonna go somewhere, you know, somewhere really useful and really helpful. It's not just gonna go and line my pockets, it's gonna we're gonna put some try and put something back yeah awesome awesome sounds good so where can people best purchase your product so i'd love you to, uh, i'd love you to come to the website come to the facebook page chia charge c-h-i-a charge um if you just want to go and buy a single bar you don't want to like sign up for an account or have all you know if that's a bit of a fact for you hop into your local hop into your local store because it's chances are your cycling shops are going to have it in so all the big chains have got it go outdoors cotswold outdoors cycle surgery Many shops have it in. Um, Mountain Warehouse have recently launched it. Wiggle, Chain Reaction, Sigma Sport, all of those guys. So just pop in and buy a bar. See, and let me know what you think. Try it. Brilliant. Sounds great. And um, I'll put all the links and stuff on the show notes so people can get easy access to that and to your website and all your social stuff. Okay, Gareth, I'll tell you what, I just thought of one last thing. So what we could do is we could give you, um, we can give you a 20% code and I'll give you that after the, after we've done the recording. So if people want to link on that, use a 20% code. In fact, why don't we call it MTB Tribe? We're going to call yeah, it, this is what, this is like one of the benefits of having your own business. I can decide on the code right now. So it'd be MTB Tribe 20. And that'll give you won't give you a discount code on the on the bundles, but if you're buying boxes of flapjacks, MTB Tribe twenty, put that in the code and you'll get twenty percent off. Awesome, that's brilliant. Thanks so much for doing well, that. Well, listen, thanks for that's thanks great. for having me on. It feels like it's a bit of a, a long advert, but um, hopefully people will find it interesting. Yeah, well, no people because I think with the 
I know certainly for me with the whole energy side of things and, and the bars and the proteins and supplements and all this, it can be a bit of a head scratcher, you know. Um, and there's so many products out there now which the way I look at it is, you know, they're, they're maybe distributed by Coke or something. I hate to come back to that, but you know what I mean? They're not a true... They're not a true product in my eyes. Okay. So, so it's great to get you on, and and you're the first nutritional kind of product brand we've had on this on the show. So thanks so much. It's so cool. Well, no, it's great. It's great to talk to you, and I'll, I'm looking forward to listening to listening to all the all the back catalogue as well, because it's uh, it's something I'd li- really like to get a bit more competent at. I'm a bit uh, incompetent at cycling at the minute, but um, <laughs> hopefully, I'll, hopefully I'll, that'll that'll come and I'll improve. Yeah, cool. Well, thanks so much for the discount code, and I'll put that in the show notes and let people know about that. And um, Tim, thanks so much. Have a great day, sir, and I will talk to you in the near future. Cheers, buddy. Take care, Gareth. Thanks a lot. That's episode 48, done and dusted, folks. I hope you enjoyed that, and I hope you got some information about your nutritional products that um, so many mountain bikers use. So um, I thought it was really great to get Tim on the show. And Tim, thanks so much for coming on the show. I really did enjoy our conversation and it was great to chat to you. So thanks so much. And I hope everything is going great for you over the summer regarding Chia Charge and anything else. Now, if you want to find out more about Chia Charge and more about Tim and what he's up to, you can visit the website at mtb-tribe.com. The show notes are there. You'll get more information and quick links to Tim's brand and Tim's social network. So you can do that, no problem. If you want to get more involved, you can also subscribe to the show. The link's on the website and get a synopsis of the show every week. You won't be bombarded by emails or anything like that. It'll be normally just one simple email per week. So that would be good to show your support. And also, folks, if you're listening via iTunes, please leave a review. It really helps the show be noticed and obviously gets the show out to more people. And hopefully if we can get the show out to more people, we can get more people off the sofa and onto the bike. And that is what it's all about, getting this MTB crowd of us boys all healthy and active. So that would be insane. So obviously a five-star rating is always the best. And um, if you do that, I'll, I'll give you a shout-out on the show and I'll read that out. So thanks for doing that. Now, also, don't forget to go to Chia Charge and claim your 20% off discount. It will only last for a limited amount of time. So please do that and support Chia Charge and show support for for the podcast as well so I'd appreciate that or at least just go and check out the product and um, Tim has got some awesome products there with Gia Charge now I've got another little piece of news for you the MTB Try podcast is also available via Spotify so if you prefer to listen via Spotify or you already have a Spotify account or whatever you will be able to listen to the MTB Tribe podcast on there so just simply search for MTB Tribe go down to the shows link and you should see it there it's popping up on the front page already so i am stoked with that i actually only went active this morning so that is so cool and um, i hope you guys check that out so thanks again folks for being here i really do appreciate it if you want to find out what's going on through the week you can check us out on socials facebook and instagram is at mtv tribe so thanks folks i will see you next week for another exciting episode of the MTV Tribe podcast. But until then, get on the pedals and stay safe on the trails. Thanks for listening.